The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, it's Nicholas. I have a great show for you this morning. Welcome all of you, wherever you are in the world. You know, we're going out live from Los Angeles. It's 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, as we do every Wednesday morning on the wonderful Voice America platform. In addition, you can get any of these shows or previous episodes on the iTunes platform by searching the term New Dimensions. You know, firstly, I want to thank you for making this time a part of your day. I'm grateful for you, believing together that we can sow seeds that will bring even greater results in your life. Shifts can only happen, you know, when you trigger something that it's first in a seed form. It has to be thought of as a thought or planted as then it can only become manifest in your life. So in other words, what we're thinking today and what we're hoping and dreaming and praying for, that's what's going to become manifest in the future. So there must be a a seed. Seeds come from what you really read and what you hear. There's only two ways to assimilate information. You can be listening to me now, which is auditory, or looking and reading, which is with your eyes. And this then becomes really part of your reality. What we see in here becomes part of our reality because it gets manifested in, in our life through our mind because what we see and what we hear is what we think. You know, as the Bible says, you think so you are, as you think, so you are in your actions. So it's really important that we're tuning into positive things. There's so much negativity in the world and it's important that we're conscious of what we're hearing and what we're seeing. You know, I'm sensing a sudden shift coming for you soon. It could be a healing of a marriage. It could be a sickness. It could be a depression or just negative thinking. You know, I'm sensing new dimension living for somebody today. And the question really I ask you, friend, is why not you? Wherever you are listening, why not you? You know, before we get into the message, I have a story that I hope will both challenge and inspire us to push forward regardless of our circumstances. We always, we all have circumstances now. Some of them are really hard, but the only way we'll move forward is by being greater than those circumstances. In other words, focusing on something that's going to bring us through that circumstance. And I want to go to the story. We've just finished the Rio 2016 Olympics and always the story, not just about the tapestry of colors and people coming together in unity, which is obviously love. We're all created in one. This is inspirational because the world is pushing itself apart due to ego, due to mindset and due to paradigms. But It's a story of a triathlete. She's called Gwen Jorgensen. Four years ago at the London 2012 Olympics, she was wobbling along on a flat tire. She promised to turn that heartbreak because it must have been really hard to train for the Olympics and have your race really decided by a flat tire. So at Hyde Park in London, she she made a, a promise to actually conquer Copacabana Beach at the Rio Games. You know, she crushed both the course and the competition this past Games, giving the U.S. its first Olympic triathlon gold medal by cruising across the finish line in one hour, 56 minutes, 16 seconds. So that's pretty fast. 
After crossing the finishing line, she reached down and grabbed the green, gold and blue ribbon and held it high above her head in triumph before breaking down in tears. She said she was thinking of all the sacrifices, not just of her sacrifices, but, you know, those of her coach, Jamie Turner, and her husband, Patrick Lameau, who actually abandoned his, you know, pro cycling career to serve her as her operations manager. You know, Jorgensen didn't just fulfill her pledge she made four years ago, but she checked off a bucket list box she'd long ago erased when she realized she was too slow in the pool to ever be an Olympic swimmer. So after an All-American track career at her university, which was in Wisconsin, where she was on the swim team for three years, Jorgensen just settled down and resigned into her first job as an accountant, Frenchie Erston Young in Milwaukee in 2010. One day the phone rang. It was Barb Linquist who was running the USA Triathlons College recruitment program. She suggested Jorgensen will be perfect for the sport that combines both swimming, cycling, and running. Jorgensen didn't even realize triathlon had been added to the Olympic program, let alone think about it before that time. She agreed to give triathlon a try, and quickly she realized indeed she was a natural. You know, my friends, the reason for this story is that you may be resigned to a life of inevitability. A lot of us say, well, this is my life, inevitable, maybe a job that you've labored yourself or identified yourself to, an unhealthy relationship, an addiction, discouragement, or simply playing things safe because you've just lost your drive, lost your heart. You know, if Gwen Jorgensen had stayed with her job in 2010 or identified herself in the failure of the tire burst in the London Olympics of 2012, she would never have discovered the piece of gold inside of her. She would have robbed herself of an opportunity to now claim the history that will be alongside her name for an eternity. What she's done will never be erased. She's a record breaker. So please do not let your inner voice with its story stopping you from striking the gold that's within you. We all have it. You know, God didn't mess around as he calls you his masterpiece. That's all people. So go for it, friend. I mean, you only live once, so give it your best shot. You know, you're not your story. A lot of us become our story. Don't label yourself by your childhood, even if it was abusive or the job you feel you were trapped into doing. You know, you, you are great. You have greatness in you, too. So go for gold. It's a great message. Let's let's get on with the message for, for this week, friends. It's called Get My Bounce Back. Galatians 6.9 tells us, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, we all start off with goals and ambitions, and then circumstances come along. Life just simply comes along. We find some things don't go the way we anticipated. You maybe get qualified to do a job and find that it's not giving you the satisfaction that you'd hope that it would. You know, it could be a marriage, it could be buying a home, having a child. There's so many things that have the potential to make us feel dissatisfied, disillusioned, or at times lose our vigor and enthusiasm altogether. It's happened to me many, many times. Discouragement is often our greatest foe from having the life that God intends for you to enjoy. There is nothing more powerful in convincing us to make no further effort, to just completely give up. Discouraged, as the name clearly indicates, is the absence of courage or the opposite of courage. That's why it's discourage. For when I am encouraged, which is the opposite of discouraged, I am creative, capable, excited about the opportunity of another day ahead of me. I feel that nothing can stand in the way of my purpose and assignment for the day or my life. You know, wherever you are in the world, losing your bounce will stare you in the face from time to time. You know, if it's not at this very day, it may be tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it'll be within the next week. If it's not within the next week, it will be within the next month. But, you know, it's coming for sure. It's our uniquely human condition. 
You know, you may have been discouraged before. Maybe you've been discouraged many times before or even right now. Life has many facets that can lead us to be discouraged. We have, you know, we have our careers, we have businesses, relationships, health, finances. In relationships, we could be discouraged if a husband or wife hasn't been there for us. Maybe they've been too busy dealing with their own personal challenges and haven't had enough time or energy to to devote to the relationship. A new job or business investment may not have turned out the way you'd expect it. An investment may have lost considerable value. It did with me, you know, a couple of years ago. You may have been asked to leave a job that you depended on, and now it leaves you worried how you'll support your, you know, your family. You may have had a doctor's report that has left you fearful and uncertain for your future. You know, when we look at these obstacles, we start to get overwhelmed by them. We start to get tired, fearful, or uncertain of their outcome of future. Before not too long, we can accept the lies of the accuser, which is our inner mind committee, as being our truths. We get down on ourselves, we get apathetic, we even down to our plan and purpose or even our self-worth. Is this where some of you find yourselves right now? But be uplifted. I've been there many times. There is always greater on the other side from that problem. While there is still a breath in your body, God has greatness on the inside of you. And you really must believe in that. Because you need a thought bigger than you have right now to overcome the circumstance. Because if we look at ourselves in the circumstance, we get overwhelmed and tired. It's basically big. It's too big for us to change. Waiting. We all think about waiting and we don't really think about this often. We just go through the behavior. Waiting is actually one of the biggest causes of discouragement. You know, perhaps you can relate to the feeling of waiting. I'm going to give you an example. For, for a taxi cab to show up, you've got up at 4 a.m. to get ready for the cab that you ordered for 5.30 to take you to the airport for an early morning flight. Even though it's only 5.35 a.m., you start to get worried. All the thoughts going around and around in your head, it's probably something like this. What happens if it doesn't show up? Wow, I'm going to miss my flight. Did I give the correct house number? You know, I'm not using those idiots again. And so on and so on that the story goes that we get so drained and tired then the cab arrives usually five or 10 minutes later. You know, in our human propensity, most of us don't like to wait. We get frustrated by the simple things, waiting for an electrician, a delivery to come, a dog to come and we call it, a traffic light we seem to get stuck at, behind someone in a car that's moving slower than we want to move at that particular time. You know, these are all small things, but as our conditioned mind is always racing to the next thing, that's how our story goes. We go from one thing to another, They can seemingly often appear monumental at the time, apocalyptical even at the time. You know, we're programmed to think time and schedule, whereby God works to season. His time frame is is often different to yours or mine. So we get discouraged. The biggest cause of discouragement is when things don't happen when we want them to. That's the first thing, which is most of the time, and don't turn out the way we want them to. You know, it could be healing, it could be a job opportunity, money being lost, a relationship that ended, or one that you were planning on that never even started. And that message is for somebody too. All these, and there are many more examples, I could spend the entire rest of the show giving you examples, they're breeding grounds for disappointment, they're incubators for disappointment. We must be very aware of those. This can be one of the major reasons for many people to give up on their path that God had prepared for them. We sell out to what we can't see very often right before we're about to get to the breakthrough. The only way to get to it is to go through to it. If we leave it, you will never get to it. And many of us just leave it. 
You know, you can spend a lifetime resigned to mediocrity, thinking simple, simple is good, whereby God has prepared great for you. Very often, don't confuse this simple, simple with being a happy person. It's someone who's resigned, who's hopeless and apathetic and cynical, but they've just gone to that as their default mode because they're basically scared. They have no faith to manifest the unseen because even the next minute from now is all unseen. Your testimony is right to this very moment, but beyond this, is blind for us. So we don't live by sight, we live by faith. Because if you live by sight, you'll be like the world as you'll be neurotic on antidepressants, not sleeping, angry, miserable. You need to live by faith. It's the only thing that will sustain you. Life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. You need to have the tools and equipment and training to sustain the test of time, to sustain the broken marriage or the infidelity or your parents dying or drug addiction in your children. So faith has to be always present because it'll get past whatever you've got. It will manifest the unseen into greater things in the scene. And I can testify to all of this. This is really coming from the heart. In the Bible, you know, we see discouragement many, many times in Mary and Martha while they're waiting on Jesus to come and heal his brother Lazarus. You know, when Jesus finally shows up, which is four days later, he's accused of taking far too long. Elizabeth and Zechariah waited a long time to have a child. She was 88 and he was even older. He doubted they could have a child, but his wife gave birth to John the Baptist. If they have given up and not listened to God, John wouldn't have even shown up, and that's John who, who baptized Jesus, that's one of the most significant beginnings in John in the whole story of the, of the gospel. So if David had not waited 17 years after Samuel appointed and anointed him, he may never have become king. You know, he played music to soothe Saul while continuing to tend to his father's sheep. He then had to face Goliath and kill him with a stone. After this, Saul became jealous of him and wanted to kill him. So David then decided to become a fugitive to run away and Saul's jealousy pitted him against David. Notwithstanding this and many other problems, you know, he kept his word and continued to serve his people. David fought the Amalekites and the enemies of Israel and did what he had promised. To keep this succinct for the episode, Saul gets killed and then David becomes king. So he had to go through a long time to get to the blessing. So time is really your incubator. Time must become your friend. And the quality of a person's life, this is really it, is your sum total of your relationship with the present moment. And I'll repeat that. The quality of your life is the sum total of your present moment. So waiting and waiting and waiting, do not let that stop you, friend, because Go forward regardless. Your waiting time is to say is preparation for your moment of jubilation. It's preparation for you, for your perfection. So don't give up in the process. Many of us give up in the process because, you know, you need the process for the progress. And I'll repeat that. It's for somebody. You need the process for the progress. You can't disappoint what God has not appointed. Most of us get wasted in this process. You need to keep going. Just keep going and pushing forward. One of the major other facets that many of us give up our bounce is that we put a due date whereby God operates in a due season. We want this in, in this time. You know, God's thoughts are not the same as ours, and very often the timing is, is not either. As he knows the beginning and middle end, and end of each of our stories, he also knows what you should have at precisely the right time. You know, I know from my journey and the times that I've been frustrated, there have been many, many of them, and I'm sure there'll be many more. But even if I didn't get all I wanted in my time frame, 
I always got what I needed to continue pushing forward towards the mark. And you only know this if we keep going forward because we can look back and realize, well, everything slots together. I realized I thought I was ready for this, but I'm getting something now because I wasn't really ready before. We should be grateful that we're not getting some of the things we're praying for. We all think we're ready because we're focused on getting the gift, getting what we want. But very often we're not. There's, there's a process to make us prepared. And you'll only know this by building an awareness of it. And as you go through your life, you'll look back at your testimony and say, well, this is why this happened. This is why this job didn't come through. Or this is why I didn't have a child at this time. Or this is why I didn't date at this time. Or this is why I didn't get married at this time. Or sometimes with me, I was looking at my cell phone a few years ago before my mother passed away. I was driving to church one morning. It fell uh, on the red light on the floor, the light had gone green. So normally I would have gone into the intersection. A huge bus at about 60 miles an hour shot the, the red light and it would have been driver's side. So I was probably seconds away from not being here. I wouldn't have even been here on this show, but the phone fell. And I looked back and that was the Holy Spirit very clearly why I never dropped the phone. The timing, it's all about timing. Sometimes, friend, we don't realize we're still here because we've been protected to be here. We've gone through stuff we don't even know we've gone through. And we're always asking, and I'm sure you are too, why the heck does God make me wait? I mean, it's, it's, it's a natural question. And I'm going to go through some of the reasons why waiting, when you get a hold of waiting and spin your head around it, you'll not get as discouraged. You need to get a different perspective on your waiting. So we'll start with this number one, waiting brings out our true motives. Waiting shows the true intentions of a person. If someone is motivated to get something they don't want, motivated to get something and they don't get it, they lose their patience. Their interest in investment is not that much that they want to wait. And they'll have the mindset of what's in it for me. They want short-term gains and gratification so they don't have their hearts fully invested. You know, I want what I want and I'm not, if I'm not getting it, I'm leaving. This can be in your private or business lives too. It can be in any area. If someone is in a business and they want quick results but they're not really into it that much, they'll move out quickly. If someone's in a relationship and they usually don't get what they want, if it's physicality or attention or whatever, they'll go on because they're just looking to fill something that they want. So the motive is only revealed through a longer period of time. What's secret, or in other words, what's hidden, becomes revealed in the test of time. That's why it's always good, and it is not being negative, to take your time and be cautious with things. Because time will tell you the people that are only there for the beer. Number two, waiting always, you know, also perfects our character. Waiting has a way of making us both gracious in defeat and humble in our triumphs. We become centered and balanced when things don't go to our plan and reverent to God when we have success. This means we're calm and not angry when we miss a flight. We're not arrogant when we have success in money. You know, it takes challenges to bring the better person, just like gold requires heat or a diamond requires attrition to get to its best. So gracious means that we're gracious when we've been beaten because we realize that we're all really on a journey and we have respect and empathy for other people because we know that journey's hard. Humble and triumph means you know, it's the gifts you've been given as a gift from God. And it's not that you're any better than somebody else. It's just that you have this ability, unique ability, and you've honed that unique ability. 
See, God's done it, but we need, to, there's always an act in man to manifest it. There's always something in us to discover it. Just like the story with the talents, we go the five, the two, and the one. The one that buried it, you know, I had a lot of talent, but I buried it because I didn't want to lose it. He was inactive. The proactive ones went from two to four and five to 10 talents. So it's about being proactive with what you've got. But humbleness and graciousness, they come sometimes when we've been through some stuff, when we've been through stuff that we know only God could let us through. Sometimes if we get these things at a very young age, we're not aware. We think it's all us controlling the buttons. And of course, we get arrogant. We think we're better than other people. So really, God wants perfection. He knows he knows our character and he knows time will do this. Seasons will will hone us. Seasons will mellow us. Seasons will mature us. So not only is waiting great for bringing people's motives out, this could be helping you if you're looking for a partner or looking for an investment or going into a business. It's always good to take your time to see the true motive because I guarantee you the ones that are there just to drink wine will be gone tomorrow. And then waiting. Waiting is, is a way, it's done it with me. It's a way of making you gracious and humble. You realize it's not all you doing it. You know, most of us know the story of Moses. He delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians, from, from Exodus to Canaan. It's a story of God doing great miracles through his people. You know, it took Moses 40 years to lead the people on an approximately 270-mile journey. This was an example of what could have been accomplished really in 11 days, but it took much longer than Moses must have expected. I'm sure he was frustrated and angry. So God used this time of waiting to transform Moses' character. We knew this because when he was a young man, he was brash and impatient. In his impetuousness, he killed a man and hid the body. When what he had done was made public, he ran for his life and was exiled to the desert. So when he was given a second chance, he opted to do it God's way and in God's time. So the great thing is that we, we get to choose how long our journey takes by how fast we learn from our mistakes. And that's the key. The key is learning from your mistakes. Very often we keep getting frustrated and we keep repeating the same mistakes and we're getting the same results. So the quicker you learn from a mistake, the quicker you will go on your journey. Take what comes into your life with an open mind and realize that although you may not feel it at the time, as it may be a very painful experience, you'll look back in time as a blessing because a blessing would have been revealed. If I look at Look back at the tragedy of walking in a dar in a room, a long room, flying to London, seeing my father in a pinstripe suit in the coffin, and I came out and saw the birds and the blue sky clearer than ever before. That gave me a tremendous feeling of humility and also gratitude, gratitude for things I didn't even see. And it really, at that time, I took the focus off me and started looking at others and started doing the psychology, started writing books, started speaking, started going out there and encouraging people. It takes sometimes that breaking to sometimes remake us to be an even better version of ourselves. And I'm really talking to someone. Same with my mother in 2012 when I flew into London, threw the, the bags down in the hotel and asked the cab driver to take me straight to the hospital. And then she died in my arms, five, probably less than five minutes later, the gold light came down. And since then, passion, no circumstance can take away my passion because the piece of gold was put inside of me. And this is really to encourage some of you. Some of you could really be, your heart could be in a thousand pieces on the floor. But um, believe me, you can go through the valley, but you must change your focus. 
must change your focus not from flux, media and friends and all of these things are tremendous negativity and flux need to focus on God because he's if he has put you in it he can get you through it he doesn't give you anything greater than you can withstand but sometimes we get so set in our story that our mind is constantly playing in the background that we become closed to new opportunities you know as our perspective is conditioned by a story our stories are the burden of our life we move it along like a bag because the head follows us everywhere you need to realize this your life is not in your head. Your life is not in your story. Yes, it's what happened to you. We're not denying that, but you can't live the rest of your life out through your story. And a lot of us do this. You know, I was abused. I, I didn't get a right chance, or I had this, or I was born with this deformity. No, because there's even the paraplegic Olympics. Everywhere we go, you are able to do great things with what you've got within your circumstances. We don't, the story is just the committee of your mind. We have three things, media and friends. We have um, societal noise, and then we have the noise of our head, which is the inner accuser, the, the committee of the mind, you're no good, you can't do this, you're washed up, you have no hope. That's the, it's like 12 guys sitting around a table deciding the world. Well, that's what's going on in our head. And it's all working against us because we're not working it for us because we're usually focused on what's happened, not what the potential is ahead of us. And this message really is for somebody. We need to focus on God for the potential that's ahead of you because that's where it is. The stuff that's past is past, but I can't change that, but I can swing it and make it work for me because I see it a different way. I'm spending more time on this because I really feel it. You know, waiting builds your relationship with God. The most significant characters in the Bible, they did great things only because they depended upon God. They surrendered to his will and his time frame. You know, I, nothing's working out of my time frame, and I do this sometimes. I am going to manifest the talents I've got. In other words, if you've given me five, two, or one, I'm going to double and triple them and then wait for the time. You know, they surrender to his will and time frame. The thing to really get a hold of is that God never asks us to do it without him. He's in us in, in us, and with us during the period of waiting. When I think back at the hardest seasons of my life, I realized that I had peace and vigor to continue going deeper in my purpose. This would have been unreasonable faith. It would have been only reasonable for me to get angry, cynical, discouraged, and just resign to the thoughts that my life's my life. Um, losing, what was it, over probably a million dollars over a four-year period, losing my father, my mother, all to tragic. You know, I spoke at my mother's funeral, life celebration. I'm not going to call it funeral. Continued to speak, continued to serve people in the church, continued to write books because it was unreasonable faith. In other words, your faith has to be more than your human cognizance because if we mind box it into our mind, we will be discouraged and just resign to, woe, there's me. So when you're in a hard season, press into God because he'll give you the unreasonable strength that you need, the unreasonable courage and the will to go forward greater than you could ever think or imagine. So when you're giving up, that's the time to actually surrender and let him take over. And the good news says that's the great news. He is with you. Even if you're alone, he's always with you. We're about to take a break and I will see you after the break, after the next in the next segment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back after the break. We're having a great show. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. We're talking about getting our bounce back. Many of us put due dates um, and due timings and and outcomes on the things we want. And when they don't go to our plan, in other words, when this doesn't work, the house doesn't sign on the date we want it to, or we don't get married on the date we want to, or we can't book the flight on the date we want to, this causes discouragement. So it's waiting. We discussed this. Waiting in our human propensity is sometimes what makes us give up when we need to change perspective in the waiting and realize we need the waiting for the perfecting and the preparation. So waiting is your incubator, as I said again, to go and achieve the next level. We talked also about the Olympics. We talked about an athlete that I'm recapping just in case you've had to take a break. You could be in the car right now. You could be in your office. Maybe you're going to listen to this on iTunes. We have many thousands listening on iTunes after the shows. You can reference any of them, as I said earlier, by going on the iTunes platform and putting in the search word New Dimensions. Remember to put the S in. So we're talking about how Many of us, we get discouraged in the waiting, but we need to change our perspective that the waiting is the preparing. So it doesn't matter. God's not concerned with the journey. He's concerned with your destination. But the, you've got to enjoy the journey. The journey really is the important thing because it's, it's days go by very fast. And I always say live each day as the last because we never know. It changes your perspective. When you wake up, you see the birds differently. You see your neighbors differently. You see the traffic jam differently. You see the red light differently, the cup of coffee differently. Because many of us can just spin, 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 spin. And I've seen people die eight days. They've been given to me in a box. And they've till 108 with diseases. So we really never know. But having that feeling of this could be the last, we just value it. It's not that we're in fear because we're in faith. We know that eternity is calling our name. We know that this is just a waiting room for eternity. We're here but for a moment, but there, we're there for, for many, many years. We're here for a moment, there for eternity. But really the good news is that God never asks us to wait without him. God's in your journey as well as your destination. So that's important just to really be aware of that. 
think of the friends that are no longer with you in your life. You know, they lost touch with you as very simply people that were in touch with you that are no longer calling you. They called you once a year or sent you a Christmas card. They don't even do that. That's because they were not that invested and life simply distracted them away. Um, The ones that have been with you through many years, the ones that have stood by you through thick and thin, the ones that have been through tragedies with you. These are the ones that you love and value most because they, it just that you've developed a different type of relationship. It's a deeper relationship. You've been through some stuff. You haven't just been out to have a beer or to go and buy a T-shirt or just to shoot the breeze. You've actually been through some stuff that it would have been easy for them to move away because things were inconvenient. If someone's rocked by tragedy, if a friend's not that invested, they don't have time for you because they don't want to deal with your stuff. But if they really love you, they're in your stuff too. They're in your journey and in, in your destination. It's the same as developing your relationship with God. God's in your journey. He's also in your stuff. He doesn't leave you when your wife leaves you or your child gets hooked on drugs. He's always staying with you. You know, chances are that you've been through stuff. Some could have been near-death stuff, that your relationship now is stronger with God. Think about it. You know, 10 years ago, I knew about God. Yes, I grew up in church and we prayed, but you know what? That's different than a relationship. Lighting a candle once a year, it's a personal relationship. It's not religion or religiosity. That actually is a humanism because it's rules and regulations. He's open and loving to 7 billion people. So it's for everybody. But God really reveals himself in the times that you're most tested, when you're on the floor and heartbroken. He pulls you through very simply when all else looks like it's impossible. And they've been really in times with dealing with these situations. I have been on the floor too, but there've been times I, I just know I won't be here. So it's in these times of hardship that you notice the friends that are invested in you the same way that you notice God. You know, relationships are made greater, not through drinking beer or coffee, but through times of testing when you've had to really get close to somebody and support them. So even when you feel all alone, you may feel all alone right now with God on your side, you're always in the majority. Proverbs 18.24, I love this verse. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I just love this verse, and I'll read it again. Proverbs 18.24, one who has unreliable friends, and you know we've all had them, they become revealed in time, because time is the revealer, soon comes to ruin. Yes, because you're relying on them, and you get heartbroken when they desert you. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Powerful, powerful. So we're talking about, we've talked a lot about how we're losing our bounds, how we're getting discouraged, how we're getting demotivated, how we're losing heart, how we're not discovering the precious piece of gold that's in us. Let's get our bounce back. You're probably saying, Nicholas, how do we get our bounce back? You're talking about how we lose it, but I want to gain it. I want my bounce back. Key to this is, what's your outlook? My outlook is not an outcome. My outlook is something in the future something greater than an outcome. Meaning if something happens, I'm not rocked because I don't have an outcome. I personally now don't have an outcome. I've signed up with Voice America to do shows through to 2017. And for the last four years, I've just been sowing into ministry, sowing into my writing, into my books, and just to become a better version of myself. The more I can work on me, the better I can be as a pastor, a speaker, a psychologist, a writer. So I don't have a 
an outcome. I have an outlook because I know God's in it because I couldn't have gone through the stuff I've gone through and have the fire I've got. If it wasn't, it would be only reasonable as a human being to have given up, but it's unreasonable faith we need to develop. So many of us are conditioned to be waiting for quick results, for quick fixes. These are known as outcomes again. That's what it is, a quick fix, a quick result, meaning we've set a desired result in the time we want it to be in. The problem occurs when it doesn't happen in either of those parameters. It doesn't come in the time you want. It doesn't come in the form that you want it to be in. So we get discouraged and we sometimes simply tear it up and give up. We simply say, right, this thing's not working. I'm scrapping it. When your mind shifts again from the outcome to the outlook, you can embrace God's master plan, embrace the marathon for your life and begin a transformation of you to become the greater version of yourself. The answers to all your quest for meaning and purpose can only be truly attained within a God-focused outlook and not in the human version of an outcome, which edits opportunities into outcomes and time the mind again. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this working? Why aren't I getting the promotion? Why aren't I making the money? Why aren't I married? Why aren't I losing weight? Etc. 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 Why aren't my kids moving out of the house when they've got four or five children living with me? You know, God's not limited by your outcomes and timetables, as he can turn all things around in your life and never runs out of time. His grace is sufficient for what was behind you and what is also before you. Another thing, um, how we get our bounce back, do not compare our process to another person's. It's your unique gift and, and perfect for your life. Many of us look to what other people have done or achieved. We become PhDs on other people's lives. You then get downhearted and feel that you haven't done enough because you feel they've done more. It's this comparison. This is the committee of the mind again. You know, you're not going to single ounce more ability or satisfaction being an expert on another person's life. It actually, a second spent looking at someone else is a second spent lost on you. For all you know, the ones that you're looking at with admiration or even envy might be thinking the same about your life too. And I listed a few shows ago about famous people, how they could have wrapped around the world with their billions, and they all committed suicide and ended their lives on drugs. There was a whole list of them. Back a few shows. I believe it's your uh, Life is a Mirror. I, it, was, it was a few shows ago. You may want to reference that back. It was back in, in July. It was a list of, of, of famous people. I believe it was called Vision. But it's how this translates really into your life and my life is that God gives us various unique abilities. We need to be content and work on the talents we've been given. It's for your life journey, which you can then use for good or use for worldly purposes. You can usually either use it for marmon, which is gathering for the self. That's more, 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 more. I need to feed me or view your abilities as something that can bless other people. Just like a lot of the Olympians, some of the very famous ones, I'm not going to use specific names, they have a great fortune, but they're going to help encourage homeless children, disabled children. It's about using what you've got. And I always say this, if you can live on what you have, and then if you use the rest to bless other people, and you may be saying, I've got no money, Nicholas, I'm homeless, I've just got this phone I'm listening to. Yes, but you can uplift people, you have a voice. And I speak to many homeless people, and they, when we start to talk about the creation of the world and the beauty, they're feeling great because they know that when they ultimately go, they're going with what I've got or with what the other man in the street has. We, we go just with what we've done and what we've left behind, not about what we've built ourselves or what we've accumulated. It's not about accumulation. It's about purpose. So that's it. 
your free will will dictate really what you do with your unique abilities. But it's it's about taking the focus off others because it propensiates all of these feelings of envy, of, of frustration. And, and you're in that mindset. There's no way you can focus on what you've got. If the guy with the two talents was focusing on the one with the five, he'd be saying to God, well, why did you give him five talents and me only two? I don't want two. I want five. But we get into that. We get into that with our families, with our siblings. Sometimes at Christmas, when families go, the reason why they have such a hard time is Bob has done better than John. Sally's married to a better looking guy than Jane. And it creates this tremendous toxicity and i'm really speaking to many of you will will appreciate this i know friends that really hate their siblings hate their siblings and it's a very very common phenomenon i used to actually have a problem with my brother but when god got involved on the scene and we went through these tribulations love that guy guy is amazing he even said to me a couple of years ago you'll do great things for god in your ministry i said you've got two psychology degrees i only have one but he said to me you're amazingly intelligent and you're doing something with what you've got so it's really about doing the most with what you've got and i'm spending some time on this because it's part of this getting your bounce back you know god gives you things unique not the same as as other people but the ones to complete your individual story and really, it's there. And the number of talents he gives you is determined by the number of natural gifts possessed. You can then give heaven's resources in your earthly realm. In other words, he supplies you from above for your, third, for your horizontal walk. The key thing really to embrace in your heart that God loves us all equally. And he's given us, all of us, a wide variety of gifts as he expects us to employ those gifts in his service. I may be knowledgeable with what I'm doing, but when my faucet breaks down or when my electricity goes haywire or the cable breaks some expert comes i've been sweating over this for three for two or three hours he comes in and within 10 minutes oh nick i fixed your stuff amazing because he has those talents i go to a restaurant and and taste these amazing foods sometimes i can barely open up a egg white and a can of tuna guy creates not only a meal but a meal that's artistic Amazing talents. If he was looking at what I had, he wouldn't be having what he had. And that message is again for somebody. Put what you have to good use. Even if you are in a wheelchair, put that to good use because there's a plan for you while there's a breath in your life. So we talked earlier about the only way we can assimilate information is through reading or hearing. So read posts, read motivational things, listen to podcasts, and I'm not just plugging mine, many other people. There's Brian Houston. There's so many other people that are doing great work to encourage people that have a heart beyond themselves to really pick people up and give them opportunities and let them see how great they are. We're getting some some great guests coming, by the way, in the next series. I'll, I'll tell you closer to the time, some, some great guests that are coming, but Listen to podcasts of inspiration, triumph against adversity, things like I told you about the Olympics. All of these things will help change perspective. If I sit and sit and listen to the news media, I would have had Ezekiel, I would have had ISIS, this, that, and the other. I wouldn't have had Olympics. And some people sacrifice going to Olympics because of this inner mind committee. Look how great it was. Records were broken. Records were smashed. I mean, amazing things happened. Unity of people. People helped each other. People fell in love there. People walked there. They realized how great the people were in Brazil, how warm and the wonderful the closing and opening ceremonies are. But sometimes it's our focus will take us away from losing these things. Sometimes 
the people that didn't go have lost this. They may not even be alive in the next Olympics because in the two in the last two Olympics, 08 and 2012, my parents were obliterated. They're in a great place with God, but they were left tragically. So what you see and what you hear will become your reality. You must really get a hold of this. So be diligent with what you listen to on the media and what you read. Most of the things out there tend to be from naysayers. And they'll make you toxic and negative, too, if you focus on them. Just like a shirt. If you go in a smoky room, you'll smell of the smoke. So your life really will be the quality of what you're hearing and listening to. That's in a nutshell. Look back, or another point, we're talking about gaining our bounce back. Look back at things that have worked for you in your life and build around them to gain confidence. You know, many of us forget our past successes because we're so focused on what we perceive as going wrong with our life in the present. Build a checklist of times that you've had triumphs. It could be a wedding, a promotion, a sporting event, a qualification you've achieved, or any personal goal that you you achieved. Next thing, nurture a God focus. Nurture a God focus. See God in your storms and view setbacks as a setup. No matter how big your storm, God's always greater. View them as stepping stones. Don't view them as setbacks. You need to change perspective, really, of your circumstances to encourage. If you, while you're looking at them as a circumstance, life will never change for you. It's The mind needs to change to create your new life. And that's my new book coming out, by the way. Hope you go and buy it. It's on Amazon Kindle. It's a, on a special promotion right now. I may give an, a dollar for each book I sell to a charity to help orphans and widows in Africa. But get the book because it's about creating your new life. I can't do as much on the shows because I don't have enough time. I digress a lot from topics because I, God pulls me. So don't do it alone. You know, as God's presence is always guaranteed, however, attention is not. Now, repeat this. Don't do it alone as God's presence is always guaranteed. However, our attention on him is not. Another thing to do. Are you positive or negative? What are you focusing on? Need to focus. Some of us need to critically challenge our thoughts because we're so put in them as a default mode that we we don't know them we're just in them because our thoughts really are defining who we are and i'm going to do another show based on that soon it's going to be called something like it didn't work out so now what so we need to raise our awareness of our thoughts write down a negative one each time you pick up upon it you know when you start to write them down you'll be surprised after a week or two how many negative thoughts you've had This is because 90% of your daily thoughts are repeated thoughts, with 85% of those being negative. The mind is the vital component, really, that holds all of this together, as it's important to never build a castle on just sand, which may be vast, but will crumble in time due to its weak foundation. You know, the same goes for our lives. The more we focus on developing our minds by filling them with positive thoughts, the more abundance we can let into our lives, and the more able we are to tap into our true potential. You've built your life and framed it on a positive foundation then. It's important we build this thing on a positive foundation. It becomes easier to live the life you want to live, not the life your mind restricts you into living. Many of us think that something big needs to happen to change our lives as we overlook the small altogether, though it's actually the small that, become, that can become the big in our life. A single decision could be thought of as small to you, but it can make all the difference in the direction of your life. Don't put things off because you dismiss them as being too small. The Empire State Building was just a thought in someone's head, then a single piece of foundation, then it became what it is today. It could be the same for your life. Never lose hope because you can't see what's visible. It's all a mind game. You need to push beyond that. Luke 13, 19 tells us, 
It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his own garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air nested in the branches. Very, very powerful. Don't let your yesterdays stop your todays. Most of us spend our days making decisions based off of past experiences. We have billions of cells in our bodies that store and even then transfer information. This is called the human equivalent of a mind TiVo, of a recorder. You know, we're all born with no past experiences or interactions with the outside world, then our experiences, they could be from our parents, our schoolmates, our colleagues, they begin to leave an imprint in our minds and in the cells throughout our entire bodies. So instead of living in the present moment, we're all too often living out of an edit from the imprint that we've created in our own mind from our past. We carry the burden of ourselves in a suitcase in our own individual story. We absorb things like a sponge and are mostly unaware of how we limit our lives through our thought patterns and our learned behaviors, as these are deeply stored within our subconscious minds. You know, if these are not recognized by you and redirected, you could underlive your entire life as a result of the subconscious nemesis. This can become a limiting belief that puts a cap on your true potential, like a cruise control on a 200 mile an hour car set on 70. It's only when you gain awareness that you can make your mind right. So when you make your mind right, you make your life right. This means you need to adjust your attitude and interpretation of your present circumstances so you can live a full life. When you change the way you see things, very simply, the things you see change. It can only ever be from a shift from the inside of you that can result on the change on the outside of you. A quick example here. We may say something like the traffic on the freeway is going to be really heavy tomorrow morning or there is going to be fog on the drive. We're always preparing for the worst scenario. People rarely say the traffic's going to be light on the freeway in the morning or there's going to be a beautiful sunset or sunrise in the morning or evening. Instead, we're always focused on the bad. Look at all the negativity pre-Rio 2016, all of this stuff that I explained to you earlier. This is a lot to do with the interactions we witness within our families during our childhoods. Most people, due to their exposure to negative responses and behaviors from their childhood, are conditioned to be negative. Unless we develop an awareness later in life of our thought patterns, we'll stay in, this, in the subconscious mind micromanaging our conscious lives in a way that it's always preparing you for a negative experience. It gives you a poor quality of life. All the things we observe are channeled through a filter until we work consistently on redirecting our thought patterns, which are mostly cyclical and triggered by stimuli from either our perceptions of what may happen or our learned behaviors from what has happened, which are designed to protect us from situations, we will remain in a holding pattern. The fact is that these behaviors put limits on your days and potential, which is what makes them a, a jail for you. The jail is not the circumstance, it's in the mind. Only then can you pull yourself out of that mind jail, which is your own making, and then become open to all that's available to us. The world is very spacious, and if we keep our minds in a box, this will dictate the amount of space we ultimately have. Everything really boils down to how we perceive our days and interpret our immediate circumstances. Our interpretation of, that, of events is really what our day becomes and ultimately what your life will become. A day will only be as good as your interpretation of it. You know, All days are great, but we're going to need to raise our perception and awareness to meet their greatness. Raising perception really is, is great. We burden ourselves with so many things. Very simply, you attract what you put out. We need to lightness. We can get into a state of feeling much, much lighter and much more positive. Matthew eleven twenty eight tells us, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You don't have to carry the load and try to control things, as most of the time you can't.
Carrying your past hurts and disappointments in a suitcase is just simply too tiring. Let it go. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It's telling us. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So how you think about life today really will depend ultimately upon your focus. Um, If it's the wrong focus, you'll have no bounce. You'll be cynical. If it's on your potential, you'll increase your abundance by being open to attract it. This applies really to many situations in our life today, even in ways that you may not be aware of. It could be relating to preparing for a job interview, a medical exam, a vacation, a new relationship. A self-contained reality can only become your whole world for the rest of your life unless you make those changes. It's important to coach the mind as it's like a muscle. If it's untrained, it will grow weak and negative and unproductive. If you want to live your life to its fullest potential, you must train the mind with consistency so that you can then change your life forever. Of course, there'll be times when things will not go smoothly. However, when you put your focus on believing that all things are working together for your benefit, it's amazing how life can change for you. You know, like attracts like, so having a positive attitude and a good perspective will bring more joy and goodness to you. Let's look at some takeouts. We're running out of time here. Build gratitude. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of your life. It'll turn what you have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast and a house into a home and a stranger into a friend. That's a quote from Melody Beatty. Focus on the gifts you can have. Focus on what you have and multiply it. As I've said earlier, the grass always looks greener on the other side until you get there. You have the best for you. Focus on your patience. Impatience impatience really will scatter your brain and disorganize your thoughts because it's scared of the present. It's scared of the moment you should be further along. You should have done better. So be patient. Have faith in your process and do each task. Be proactive. Continue to work long and hard, but be active in what you're doing. Notice what's happening to your motivation when you spend the day not taking action. It's gone, so we need to be proactive. Keep a purpose. If you feel like what you're doing has no purpose, then you're guaranteed to have zero motivation to do it without meaning you'll feel lost. As if we're searching for meaning, we realize it's not really there. So without motivation to do something, we can be stagnant. So focus on your purpose. Turn your focus on to God. We're a work in process. Life, again, is a work in process. In order to embark on that journey of perfection, you must just change your focus from world focus to God focus. When my outlook is on God, I have all the abilities. I have all the talents and all the abilities. You know, it's been a blessing sharing this time with you, and I hope I've challenged and inspired you to see your time as from a different perspective. You can't change your time, but your perspective can change the way you see it. I hope that you'll see not the time in your life, but the life in your time instead. Not the time in your life, but the life in your time, because time is the incubator for you to discover the real gold in you, and I'm really believing that for all of you. We're going to start a new season. We've got some great guests. We're going to focus on other topics, but it's all about scaling the mountaintop that's waiting for you. Thank you to God for giving me, A, the desire to do it, and then the wisdom and ability, and really for you for listening. I'm really grateful for you. I love you a lot, and I will speak to you in the next episode. Have a great week. I touch the sky Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Rev. Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.